Like, there is no question about these guys. There isn't this feeling of, like, well, I wonder if that guy... <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that guy is finally Bernardo Silva. Man, Elkai Gundawa's sure John coming Stone. on strong. I know, I know. Zinchenko, I mean, <laughs> we'll any, get to him. Anyway. It's ridiculous. All right, welcome to the latest edition of the Fantasy Soccer FC Podcast. This is David Smith. Scott Weeby. Brian Shesko. Guys, I feel good. I feel ready. I love it. This, this is going to be a good pod. I, I hope so. It's going to be feel, excellent. I feel like Marco Arnautovic, wishing I had $50 million and was in China. <laughs> really? I mean. I mean, yeah. I get the first part. Both? Yes. I, I'd be scared to play in China, and I don't know why. It's probably an illegitimate fear, Yeah, but I would be scared to play in China. I wouldn't, but I'm not going to say anything else. <laughs> All the things that Brian Mock says that Dave says were actually in Dave's head. <laughs> I started this. Yeah, I'll finish it. Let's get on with this. All right. Well, let's talk about what happened in game week 26 Yeah, uh, that just passed. Now, disclaimer... We're recording this on Sunday night prior to Wolves-Newcastle. This is correct. The Monday match to finish Game Week That's not going to give us anything to talk about anyways. I've got three players playing in that match. Thank you, sir. Yeah, it's going to be a 0-0-1-1 match. If it's 0-0, well, I'm, I'm only mostly screwed. But anyway, <laughs> <laughs> we're recording this without that match in mind we're recording this with the nine matches that have been played so far on saturday and on sunday we're going to go through and we're going to examine the storylines from this match we're going to examine all of what is fantasy relevant in your fpl lineups we're going to go through i've, I've created an agenda that goes through the weekend it, it's gonna we're, we're gonna reshape the narrative of the weekend in the order of the weekend so mm -hmm. so what that means is city and chelsea fans as you're listening just bear with us a little bit. It's going to be about a half hour till we get to your match. Oh but we are going to get to it, and we're going to give it all, all of the talk that it deserves. Because that was quite an epic match. I'll say. Dave's staring at me like it wasn't. No. I, I have any time I can dunk on Chelsea, and this is not a basketball podcast, I do it. Let's just say that it gave new meaning to the phrase top six matchup, if you know what I'm saying. Six nil. Yeah. Oh, I see what you did there, right. you and then, guy. And then we're going to go, at the end of this podcast, we're going to look at Game Week 27 because we are now in the time of the year where things get a little tricky. And we're going to look ahead to Game Week 27 to help you understand what you need to do with your lineup. By the way, if you follow our website, fantasysoccerfc.com, first plug of our website on this podcast, you already know what's tricky about Game Week 27 because I wrote about it a few days ago. Ah, uh, yes. Anyway, let's get on to it, Brian. Let's get on to what happened. By the way, how are those cookies? <laughs> You're going to be hearing these cookies for the next it's 30, like 30, to, 30 to 45 minutes. If you hear something like this, that's Brian getting another cookie, just so you know. We're, we're professionals here. All right, let's talk about what happened first. Manchester United played Fulham first, and uh, it was a rude awakening for us in the early morning hours, because that's when the first match of the 
weekend is usually. It's not a rude awakening. I joyfully awake Saturday morning. Yes, but when Marcus Rashford is on the bench and 99% of FPL owners own him, that is a rude awakening. No, I get it. A little bit. uh, But. It didn't surprise me. Uh, look, well, for, the, for the early matches... It surprised you a little bit. It did surprise me a little bit. When the actual lineups came out, I wasn't surprised. The one benefit you have if you pay really close attention is before the first match, sometimes little rumors trickle out via Twitter and websites about lineups. So if you have to make a change last second... Now, is this the official injury protocol that we've been calling for so long, Dave? No, 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 it's not. It's just literally lineups leak out. So the United lineup had leaked out about 15 minutes before Before the the actual FPL The fantasy lineups lock, right? Interesting. So if you had to make a move... For us here, it's 6.30 a.m. Yeah. That is very early in the morning. 11.30 for those in England. Yeah. And anyways, it's very possible that around 6 a.m., I might have gotten a text saying, hey, Rashford might not be in the lineup today. Who are these uh, sources that are texting you at 6 a.m., Dave? <laughs> it, will, it has to be kept secret. Oh, er- early a.m. Okay, right. sources are the best sources <laughs> yeah. for things like lineups. Yeah. So anyways, You're but, suddenly starting to sound like the so, Bob Woodward of FPL. Uh, understood. So, anyway, bottom line is, I left... Rashford in thinking, well, maybe, just maybe, if it's wrong, I had a, a guy in place. In your bench. Who I was okay with. Yeah. Now. The Rashford replacement. Sort of. I mean, I, it was Bednarik in, for <laughs> Southampton. Which right. look, Who probably made it into a lot of lineups yes, that way. This yeah. Week. <laughs> Everyone had, look, Bednarik, Southampton was playing home to Cardiff. So. I started him straight up. So I, I was getting his one no matter what was going to yeah. happen. Anyway, so I was okay with whatever because yeah. there was nothing else I could do. So well, it, it was, wasn't, it be, I mean, the fact that we're not hearing about it until the day of is annoying. Yes. And that's, early, like I said, early in the day when yes. that happens. And then the fact that Solskjaer says it afterward or right pri- right just prior to the match when you know of course Rashford is absent mm-hmm. and then all of a sudden it's he struggled all week with the dead leg that he picked up against Leicester City in the previous match they just i mean obviously rested he was fit enough for the bench they didn't they, they weren't going to risk him ahead of PSG on Tuesday so and that's I the com- thing. And, and it's Fulham dead so leg I, or, I get exactly it. dead leg or no dead leg that's the trick of these Easy, I'm using air quotes here, easy fixtures. Yeah. When you've got a Champions League match in the midweek coming up, which, by the way, how many people were like, oh, yeah, Champions League, when they saw Rashford on the bench and hadn't thought about it prior? I bet it's a fair percentage. But anyway, you know, dead leg or no dead leg, it's one of those things where Fulham looks like a tasty matchup. But there is such thing sometimes, especially with a Champions League matchup in the midweek, of a too tasty of a matchup. In this case, once United started going up, like once they started scoring, there was never a chance Rashford was coming in off the bench to give you anything in this match in the second half. And, and it, so this was unfortunately one of those where it was too tasty of a matchup. Rashford sits. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, and, and that's fine. This is the first time that Champions League, for the most part, has affected our fantasy lineups. Well, at least Manchester United's players, for sure. Right. But I'm trying to think back to previous this might be something similar going forward i'm sure there's been a pepology issue in there well you never know with him anyways that's true but you know who didn't sit was paul pogba nope 
stars yet again. And if I had the John Stones to do it, Brian, as I'd mentioned multiple times prior to this, you not would, necessarily on the pod, but to other people, out you would have captained him. I would have. I vised him just to, you know, it's like sometimes when you vice captain, you're just kind of letting everyone else in your mini league know that you're like. I was I was thinking about this, but yeah. I didn't, right? Yeah, so I vice-captained him, too. I did that, yeah. but I didn't have the John Stones to do it because I was too scared not to captain Salah. Against Bournemouth. And so, and so I, I captained Salah for the block. That's what I did. I, I wasn't... I knew everyone else would, so I just went along with the crowd and said, my differentials will beat yours. You're not going to fall behind knowing if you captain That's exactly Salah. right. That's right. But my gut... Wanted the captain Pogba. Pogba scored sixteen points, and I'm a, I'm a. <laughs> <laughs> Your words, sir. Your words. Hey, listen. That that's how this goes uh, sometimes, and obviously, you know, Pogba. It could easily have been Pogba who sat in this match, not Rashford, right? Yeah. Obviously, the dead leg affected that, but you know, when it comes to Fulham on Saturday, PSG on I think it's Tuesday. Yeah, that's how it goes sometimes. But in this well, case, Pogba they, owners rejoice. Well, and they got, I mean, he, the fact that he did get to rest anyway, he played 73 minutes and did all the damage still he rested. needed to, still got, you know, still got good minutes. And I'm not sure why they couldn't have done the same thing with Rashford, but I mean, I guess the dead the, leg, Brian. I guess the dead leg was, was actually enough for them to think about it. I just think it's just, it's just amazing that the, he did so little under Jose Mourinho. I mean that is that is such a it's such a huge talking point for this season. Well, I, I and I miss Jose Mourinho if not for anything else than the the drama he created but I don't miss him. I mean it's amazing. The per- amazing, crazy, unbelievable. I don't want to use any more cliché uh hyperbole but that is really it's really amazing. It's true. He did nothing. And can I can I make two outlandish statements? Yes. Of First course. of all, I I think it's so crazy. Who, who's gonna stop you? That's right. Well, maybe you, maybe Dave. I honestly think that Paul Pogba is the real caretaker manager of Manchester United. I could Let's be. just be honest. Yeah. I have a counterpoint to this, but finish. I think he's in charge of the club. I think. All that Ule Ule Gunnar Solskjaer has done is said, "Go out and have fun and play." I'm not saying he's tactic-less necessarily, but I do think that he has simply put the best players out there, the Le best combination. Le- exactly, exactly. No one's going to bench LeBron James. He's bigger than any coach. I mean, everyone remembers that NBA, was an NBA Finals game where he was coaching alongside Tyron Lue yeah. during one of, those mat- one of those games in the NBA. It, it, the same thing is, and, and Cristiano Ronaldo did it during Euro 2016, I think, yeah. for Portugal. It's a thing. Paul Pogba is that guy at Manchester United. He is. He's bigger than Solskjaer is at that club, and he's proving that now, that he has the freedom to play the way that he wants to, and, and clearly he's talented. He's showing his talent for us right now. But, but yeah, my what, point yeah, is Solskjaer is not in charge there. Paul Pogba is in charge there, and I dare say we would see that if Solskjaer ever tried to limit Paul Pogba's minutes at this point. Scott, I think you're wrong. Solskjaer has shown that he is not scared to bench stars. Has he benched Pogba yet? No, but I don't think he's scared to. What does he have to lose? He has a job back in Norway. Whether he gets this job with United, whether he gets a a full-time job with them. He's he's, at the the Norway library. Yeah, yeah, he's he's a librarian (laughs) in Norway. Yeah, absolutely. (laughs) <laughs> but I would say this. I understand what you're saying, 
and I don't know enough to say you're wrong. Neither but do I. I will say this. It's one of two things. Either Pogba was followed Mourinho's orders to a T. Even though he did he disagreed with him, he followed him, and Mourinho's orders were not proper for the team. And so so Pogba either followed those orders and then let Mourinho be unsuccessful himself, or Pogba just completely mailed it in and then let Mourinho sack himself. Okay. So I got I mean, I think it's obvious which one is which which one of that is, is it might be a little bit of both. I think because Mourinho in the end himself. Pogba was sitting. Yes. And so that but in in the beginning he wasn't. And he was playing, and I think he was playing hard. But what can he do when he's playing playing next to Nemanja Matic in front of the defense? It's it's the most boneheaded, stupid shit of all time. Did he play right back at one point or something? I don't know. Yeah, he had moved in that one match to center back for for like 10 minutes. It literally, like, one of your most talented, creative players. You're just valid. He is one of your most talented, creative players. Here's the thing, though. Mourinho did a brilliant thing in a sense and i i'm glad jose Mourinho is gone there this was the other crazy thing i was going to say it, when all it comes, i'm hearing you say is that jose Mourinho is a genius he's not oh like when there's a show where you want to have a bad guy there's such thing as a a bad guy who's so good at what he does that he makes you respect the fact that he's the bad guy and you want to make him the bad guy. Mm-hmm. Then there's someone who's so bad at being a bad guy. Like, you hate him. It goes beyond just, like, a, an appreciation of anything about it, the fact that he's a bad guy. You just want him away from whatever it is that you're watching or, you know, observing or doing. That was Jose Mourinho. He was terrible. The Premier League is better that he is out of it. That is my That is my opinion. However, when he was manager of Manchester United, he made it, essentially, so that it was Mourinho versus Pogba. And Mourinho was in charge while he was there. But Mourinho got fired. And so now, you've got a Paul Pogba who knows, I honestly am in charge at this place. But what has he done to make you think this? And we need to move on so we can do this. He gives good interviews, always giving credit to the team and giving credit to his current coach. He never, ever once threw Mourinho under the bus. Um, he what, always what about carried... the Instagram post right after Mourinho was fired? Okay. That's not a big deal. But what did he do when he was on the job? That's my answer. What? It was all that stuff. You're creating all of this from one Instagram post. Are you (laughs) me? Not one Instagram. You're creating this narrative. I gave you an example. Fine, one. But what other public thing, right? Like, he didn't show him up on the field, ever. I don't know why Pogba gets this rap of being a complete diva when all he does is show up. Because he is a diva. How? What has he done? Other than one Instagram post. Follow him on social media. His presence. Whoa, 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 whoa. Everything about Everyone his, now, brand. No, his brand is everyone diva does that. Jay Ling's does that, okay? Absolutely. By the way, he's going to be a sponsor in a future podcast. Okay, oh, good. That's fine. <laughs> Wait, he already was. He already was. I was yeah. going to Ali has one, too. He's going to be a sponsor. Yeah. Everyone well, does good. that, Scott. Yeah. Don't be blind to that. That's everyone on social media now. Uh, that, no, that, but my point, you I want to bring it back wait, to my you actual point. You don't think Pogba just kind of faded in and out? On his whim, he didn't try. Throughout. Under I feel Mourinho. like there were time, I feel like I understand what you're saying. I don't think it's necessarily fair to judge him entirely and just say like, "This is this is who he is. He is this person," and expect this all the time. Because I mean, obviously, it had to be manager issue, and there had to be behind the scenes issue with tactics or whatever Mourinho's management was right. that was rubbing players in general the wrong way. But I just feel like there were. 
it just seemed like there were times where Pogba, it was clearly not engaged Pogba. I, I will admit to All you. of that could be true. I don't know. But all I know is this. From what I've seen on the field and what I've heard from press conferences and other things is he is not the diva that people make him out to be. Uh, the strength of my argument does not rest on his social media presence the way that it, we let this conversation get. I will take it back to his performance on the field. There were so many matches where, and this is not me saying this, multiple reporters, multiple media outlets, those who cover these matches, the, the general consensus under Mourinho was he's not trying. There's no heart. There's no conviction. There's nothing in what he's doing. Now, he's not completely to blame for that. Mourinho created that environment. No doubt about that. Mourinho is culpable in a lot of that. But but a lack of effort ultimately still comes back to the player who's not putting in that effort. This is not a baseball podcast. Let's say the manager of the San Francisco Giants 15 years ago has Barry Bonds on his team. And he decides, Barry, I'm not going to play you in the outfield anymore. I'm going to play you at second base and bat you ninth in the order. And everyone's like, what? Why would you do that? He goes, well, I'm the manager, and I think that's going to be the best for the team. You really think Barry's going to go out there and give his best when he's playing second base and batting ninth in the lineup? Now, come on. Okay, first of all. This is not a baseball podcast. You're creating a false dilemma there, Dave. Because Mourinho. it is exactly the same. Mourinho always started Pogba in midfield. The right back, center back example we used was something that was in-game as a result of what was happening during that match. So your your outfield to second base analogy doesn't quite it's not quite apples to apples there. It it is a player on the field in the wrong position. What it's yeah, what it seemed obvious to everyone was the results offensively were much better, more flowing when he was playing more advanced than than Mourinho was typically playing him, yes. which seemed to be more in a defensive uh, holding kind of midfield That's position. The reality is this uh, this this argument won't be resolved until there's a moment where Solskjaer tries to establish authority and we see how Pogba reacts. That will be the decider of this argument, ultimately. Clean sheets all around for Manchester United uh, this week, which is frustrating for all of the 60,000 or so new Victor Lindelof owners who got to see him also sitting on the bench. Unreal. This match. If anything, that was a big... Surprise! Well, Jesse Lingard as well. Yeah. Surprise! Well, Anthony Martial, look, he's the guy that continues to be excellent every time he plays. You would, you can't own him over Pogba, and everyone's probably doubled up on Pogba and Rashford anyway, but Anthony Martial continues to be really excellent. Let's move on to the uh, 10 o'clock, if you're in England, 3 o'clock matches on Saturday. The, the headliner, of course, was Liverpool's 3-0 win over Bournemouth. Mo Salah scored in this match. But if you followed this podcast, you know that the Salah v. Mane debate yeah. rages on. Sadio Mane scored in this match yeah. as well. I think the headline for it should be, uh, for fantasy purposes, Salah and Mane both miss bonus points. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Because they both got exactly what they got. And that's and and eight. If that's what's going to happen, then we I feel like we this is a good example for later on where we just where we just leave the debate open no matter what the performance is of one of the two uh players being compared, especially if they're on the same club and just say this could come back around at some point. And we're back around on it. Because of the last four weeks. Because this is four straight for Mane. Here's your total 
for the last four weeks since Mane has now is now in form again. Thirteen shots for Mane, fifteen for Salah. Okay. In this in the last four. Seven of Salah's fifteen shots came here against Bournemouth. So in the last four weeks, until until the Bournemouth match, Mane had been was out shooting Salah ten to eight. Yeah. Eight shots on target for Mane, seven for Salah. Twelve of Mane's thirteen shots were in the box. Seven of Salah's were in the box. Yeah. So and of course, you know, Mane with four goals, three bonus points in that stretch, and thirty two total fantasy points. Salah with three goals, three bonus points, and twenty seven fantasy points in the last four weeks. Mane and I, and look, you go back. If one you go match, back five go, weeks, you go back to the fifth week. Yeah, and Salah had Salah had that massive match. But this is about that was out of form or working himself back into form. Mane, now it's like blistering form. Mane, yeah. And how long can this sustain? Well, if so, it's going to sustain like this, this is a no questions asked move to move Salah to Mane and put Mane back in as far as I'm concerned. It's so funny because I'm just all over the place. Earlier in the year, I would have agreed with you, but I'm starting to see things a little differently recently. I just, really like Mohamed Salah. No, you know, this guy's well, really good. Well, Brian, <laughs> he has outscored Mane on the year by 49 points. I know that. That's significant. Here's the issue, and this has always been the issue. He's four pound bedillion dollars more yes that's a crap ton of money yes here's the difference Mane has the same problem that Sané that the same problem that Lacazette have they all will score a goal okay but the counterparts that are that people are debating on who I should own always have the potential to score two or more Sterling always has the potential to score two or more goals. When was the last time Sané had multiple goals? Sterling scored two this this week. I know he did. Aubameyang, Lacazette. Lacazette. Yeah, for whatever reason. For whatever reason. It's good for one goal, but that's it. He's never yeah. going to give you two or three. He doesn't have a hat trick in his bag. Salah and Mane. Mane is good for a goal. But Salah has the hat trick and the massive week in his bag. And that's why everyone will continue to hold on to him. And yeah. now, if you want to own both, which you did earlier in the year, hey, I'm not faulting you at all. Tell you what, it's, it, it would require, and I was I looked at Someone it. Someone in our mini, I think, uh, is also a listener, Ryan or, or uh, McSwanger owns, I think, both of them. Or no, maybe it was Travis that, that it, could, it, might, it might be somewhere further down the table, but either way, I mean... You know, I I went Robertson Allison in, in defense and by the way, we now. debated that last week. And if yeah. you held on to them, you were happy. There should be no question about Andy Robertson. And I'm it is the Andy Robertson was one of the no brainer. This should have this man should have been in your team since October from the, the latest from from week. I would say because of how on him we were in week one and pr- mm-hmm. prior to the season, like I said, he is the one player who has not left my lineup since week one. I will not get rid of him. This is this is such a It's no-brainer. not negotiable. I know. This- He's one of those guys, you have him in your lineup to the end of the year, come what may. Yeah. There is you no- need about seven to nine of those guys, by the way. Maybe. You do. Yeah, maybe. And then you rotate it's out really, two or three. Yeah, I mean, I've had really- two. It's two really guys you kept to- all year? Yep. 
Who? They're doing all right. So uh, who's well, your who's Rob, your sec- actually Robertson? Who's Allison, your second one? You're right. It wasn't. It wasn't. It was because I started the year with Ederson. Robertson is the only guy that hasn't left my team all year. Yeah. So all of that to say, it'd be difficult if you're you know if you want to pile up double uh, Liverpool midfielder and Salah and Mane. It's not it's a bad. Not, it's not bad at it's all, not. especially now when we talk about Chelsea, like with Eden Hazard dropping way off. Yeah. If you don't have two, if you don't have Firmino, you don't have Robertson and or Trent Alexander and and Allison. I feel like it's not uh, it's not a bad strategy to go back to Salamane together. And yet, I'm going to illustrate this Mane Salah debate with a question that's going to sound random, but it's not. So bear with me. Do you think what? No, let me ask it this way, Dave. What do you think about Liverpool's overall results over the next month or two? What do I think they'll do? Yeah. Do you think they'll get wins, or do you think they'll have draws and losses? Sprinkled I in. I don't know. Uh, the, the United match is fantastic. That is it's awesome. Be fun. It's yeah. Be fun. And that's the February 24th. But do you think that you're going to see more of this Bournemouth match? Oh, you know, Generally speaking, are they going to win more matches than they're going to draw or lose? Yes, I would think so. Brian? I feel like it will be more wins. Here's why I ask that. I literally just did this while you guys were talking and since we've been recording. This Mane solid debate. Mane has not scored more points than Salah, fantasy-wise, in a Liverpool win since November 24th, game week 13 That's against interesting. Watford. Okay. When Mane has been scoring, it's been in matches where the Liverpool's club, ironically, losing. has lost or drawn. <laughs> That's yeah. so weird. When Salah doesn't perform, Liverpool doesn't win. That's what that means. Oh. So if you think Salah... If you, I'm sorry. If you think Liverpool... Will overall, you know, United matchup coming is going to be fascinating. I agree. that That's a toss-up at this yeah. point. But beyond that, if you think Liverpool as a club is going to perform fine, you want to stay with Mo Salah the last three months of results, say. And I would say it's a similar argument for the heavy hitter Manchester City assets because of we want to win. So you want to win? Who's going to play? Not Sané. That dude's got to play, and that's that dude is usually Raheem Sterling, right? It's it is Aguero and Sterling, yep, and it is Salah and it is Mane. I mean, they do need. I mean, Mane's not Ster- Mane doesn't need to rest. Either. No, no, no. The front three is Firmino, yeah. Mane, and Salah. I, I, that's what I'm saying. I feel like I do not fault anyone for owning. If you wanted to skip Robertson and Allison on the grounds that you're going to have Salah, Mane, Firmino. I feel like that's more acceptable. But here's why I can't endorse that. How many defenders are in form right now besides Andy Robertson? Not a lot. Not a ton. But how many midfielders are doing well across the league right now? Good bit. We talked about that last week. We have a handful, yeah. You don't want to load up up front on Liverpool players right now because you're not going to maximize your point capabilities. You want to keep Allison, Robertson, and either Salah or Mane, depending on how, in my opinion, how you think Liverpool as a club are going to do. The results don't lie. This is 13 game weeks of matches now where Salah has outscored Mane in wins. Mane has only outscored Salah in losses. The the only, I think they, the stat last week or, in, or after last week, it had, been a, it had been matches, I think. It had been a while since Salah had scored 
a goal from open play, mm. uh, which this obviously changed, you know, changed right. in, in this match. So, I mean, as we all thought it might, right? It, against it, and he should have scored. I mean, that's that's exactly why he was captain by what seventy five percent of all FPL owners that's or right. something. I mean, some ridiculous number, but and to be clear, when I say Mane scoring more, I said in losses, losses and draws, right? To be clear. Um, and do you care about Trent Alexander-Arnold playing 13 minutes? I mean, obviously he's back. I care I mean, about it as I feel a Liverpool like, fan. I feel, like, I, feel like that's a, I feel like that's really, I mean, it is a fantasy consideration. It has to be. I agree. It Without definitely Gomez. Has to be. Only if you're leaving Allison for someone else. Okay. But yes, absolutely. I mean, you're going to have a Liverpool midfielder. Our debate is one or the other. Yep. Robertson, we've said, is a staple. So the only way you go to a second Liverpool defender is if you're selling Allison, which if you want to do, fine. But again... How are Liverpool going to do? Well, look, if you can save a little bit of money, depending, a lot of people might be thinking about wild carding in the next couple of weeks. So if Alexander-Arnold is healthy and he's able to come close to Robertson, which when they were both playing at the same time, he was able to come close to I the agree. same results. He was definitely very good. I'm, I mean, you could save a whole 1.2 pound bedillion dollars. Well, now, I mean, if you take actual value and you're considering one or the other, I, I had him the whole time, so yes, you're right. He's worth six. He's six point eight to actually buy. Oh God, he's six point eight now. He's six point eight. Uh, Andy Robertson is six point eight, and Alexander is five point two. Right. So, so, but if you had him the entire time, Robertson is worth six point four yes. in the if you were to sell him. Thank you for clarifying. So as I just, was just to be clear, people were probably going, Robertson six point six point four. He's a dumbass. He can't even read. FPL. That's that's an FPL <laughs> issue, not an us issue. Right. We've been on record as saying that that's actual rule team about value. Show us any, yeah, anyway. Exactly. That's stupid. I'm well. The one thing I am glad about Liverpool. And this is the last thing I want to say about it. It's just really nice to have a, a club where there is no question about which guys are the ones that you want. <laughs> that's true. Which guys that there are. It's true. Like, if, it is Firmino or not. It is Salah and Mane. It is Allison Robertson. Yeah. yeah. And then if you want to talk, Virgil. right, Virgil. right, like yeah. there, there are you know the guys. Like there is no question about these guys. There isn't this feeling of like, well, I wonder if that guy, <laughs> yeah, could that guy is finally Lino Sane, Bernardo Silva, is he? Man, Ilkay Gundogan, even sure John coming Stone. on strong. I know, I know. Zinchenko. I mean, <laughs> we'll any, get to him. Anyway, it's ridiculous. At the same time this match was going on, uh, Arsenal was playing, and Dave... Goodbye, Juventus! This is the part of the podcast. We give you an Arsenal moment so you can discuss your club. Otherwise, you'll insert them into everything else that we do. But this week, you want to go into a Kolasinic disaster edition of the Arsenal moment. So I'm intrigued. I'm intrigued about what this uh, is going to uh, hold for us tonight. Yes, Scott. Man, I thought I was smarter than everyone else in the room. Okay, well, before you go any further, I want to be clear. This is an Arsenal moment following an Arsenal victory. Right. 2-1. Yeah. Against uh, Huddersfield. Listen, it's Huddersfield, but a win's a win. So, Arsenal's leading this game, Scott, 2-0. And I had brought in, and I think I'm the only person in our mini-league, yeah. maybe there's one other, mm-hmm. to own Kolasinitz. Okay. And that guy, to everyone else in the world, if you listen to any broadcast, any English broadcast, it's pronounced Kolasinac. <laughs> but it's not. We've right. actually heard him say his name and other uh, Bosnians. He's he's Bosnian. Yes, exactly no, no, right. Dave, I don't uh, think I've owned Kolasinac since November of 2017. That's very true. 
Right. But you brought him in. I brought him in. Okay. Brought him in. I got rid of Dina, and I brought him in. Okay. And I thought it was going to be an interesting move. Again, he's he has had a lot of attacking chances, Brian. I feel like that is such a, a on paper excellent move. The expectation for me in that move would be high, especially considering the competition. So the next I am three not weeks. trying to interrupt your Arsenal moment here. No, 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 no. But no. I only am a little bit. I did too, because so I hate it. I'm just happy that the, <laughs> I'm happy that this is the first time you haven't left the room during oh, a moment. Okay, I do yeah, have to true. pee, but I'll wait. Arsenal before this match, obviously their next three matches were were Huddersfield, which they just played, home to Southampton, and then home to Bournemouth. This is Arsenal's schedule. Yes, that That's was really for the next good. three weeks. So yeah. I'm like, I'll take Kolasinac. Yeah, of course. Over the would. next few weeks. Over Mustafi. So, what happened is this. Cole Sheenis, he has an assist. Uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah, feeling good. Man. Yeah. I'm like, yes. I am smart. Huge. <laughs> I am fucking brilliant. Even even <laughs> when I saw it, I thought, man, I really regret not making the move to him. Yes, of course, sure. Yeah. Until. As the game's going on late into the second half, yeah. Arsenal's in complete control with this Clean sheet, assist. Clean sheet's in the mix. Yeah. I checked the bonus points. <laughs> Guess who's in line to get all three bonus points? Mr. Mr. Sayad. Kalasinach. And then the 87th minute comes along. What happened in that minute, Dave? <laughs> of all the bloody things, <laughs> Kolasinac gets an own goal. Yeah, he did. He kicked it. He kicked he it. He gets a mother-flipping own goal. <laughs> gets a minus two. For the own goal, oh. loses a clean sheet, yeah. loses all three bonus points. Yes, he did. For a total net swing of a 20 points. He literally went from, from a positive 10 to a minus 10 points. He was in line for 12 points and ended up with two. Yeah. And I was just like, are you flipping kidding me? I. It was, again... And this is why, and I'm such a hypocrite, because what did I say three weeks ago? You weren't going to own an Arsenal player. And this is why, because I was living and dying. I couldn't enjoy the win. I am more upset that I lost 10 points fantasy-wise. I am a hypocrite. Let it be known. And, ah, look. I still think it's going to be fine for next week. <laughs> so you're keeping him. I am keeping you. Oh, of course dang. I'm going to keep Come him. Come on, man. I think it's so funny. I, I should have had a 12. I was going to say at one point in various other things we could talk about Arsenal. You'll take the win, won't you, Dave? Yes, um, of course. And, and uh, I think the answer to that is not really. Are they not tied for fifth now after the Chelsea loss? Yeah, the Chelsea debacle. Wow. The Arsenal's right there tied for fifth and goal differential. Yeah. So... Obama Yang six, so he didn't play. Well, I was gonna say, the, and the beyond the your personal feelings of hatred towards uh, a Kolasinac's own goal in a segment we like to call Obama Yang. <laughs> Not until what Dave was it Thursday? Wow, that Emery first uh, yeah. said that Obama Yang was uh, had illness. Now, yeah. to his credit, we knew about this because he wasn't practicing right. during the week. Although. I found a picture, right, and that where was, he was in the background behind. And that was on and that and that is field. full. So it was that was late Friday. That was Friday afternoon or yeah. something here. And that is full credit to the folks 
in and around uh, injury-related stuff with Ben Dinnery. Right. Uh, ben Dinnery's the But man. it wasn't until late Friday that the p- practice pictures were, were available. Some, some folks snapped a picture, and there was a Bami Yang there at practice. But credit, again, credit to Ben Dinnery. He was really sensible, I feel like, ahead of the, the deadline Saturday. I think, it, I think we would all agree. He's sick. He's, it's, we hope he'll be available for Saturday, coach's words manager's words right and uh ben dinner said exactly what you would hope is he's gotta be you gotta be feel risky about adding him right if you were to add him at that point how effective is he gonna be in the amount of minutes he gets if he gets minutes at all is he gonna is he gonna play half will he sub make it just a cameo and how much you know you see what illness does you know how you feel you know the question is is this going to be in any way effective and so Lacazette seemed the more uh, obvious move, and and, Scott, and, it, well, and, it, and and it was better. I almost know. made the move for Lacazette. And I, I did, thought you did. I did not. His nine points was not in your lineup. Nope. Okay. I was gonna because Aguero was gonna have a blank, and I didn't think Aguero would have a massive day against Chelsea because Chelsea normally gets up for big games. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Again, everyone knows the results now. So how funny does that that uh, thread of logic seem, but but prior to the matches, it seems logical. It did. Uh, so, anyways, bottom line is, I would have had to have taken a minus four yeah. to bring him in. I, I had already made a move, and I didn't want to do that because because I had looked back through the Lacazette stats, and then and that's when I started to realize he's only got one goal in him. Why make the move? If I'm going to have to take a, a minus four to bring him in, and he's only got one goal in him. Even so I, now after this match, though, nine points, you're, you're not upset he got, he got a few bonus points, but look, it's not often he ha- does, gets many bonus points. Bottom, listen, His last I am, four are 10, over, 7, 2, and 9. I'm over the moon yeah. that Aguero, I kept Aguero. Over the last week. four matches, Lacazette's average per match is seven points. Yeah. That's, it's been good. Yeah, he's been very good. So, anyways, bottom line is uh, I didn't make the move, and it actually worked out for me. Well, that's good. On that front. And Kolasin, it's only a little bit ruined your weekend. That's correct. Okay. That's correct. Very good. All right, let's get into some mid-table stuff here for for a moment before we get to what happened on Sunday because there were some other matches on Saturday. Uh, This is the moment of the pod where we're going to give out the Christian Menteke Wasteful Player of the Week Award. Oh, yeah. Now, there were multiple candidates. A lot of wasteful moments, wasteful shots that took place over the course of this entire weekend. But none affected a result quite like Christian Benteke's teammate himself. And that is James MacArthur. Oh, James. James MacArthur is the winner this week of the Christian Benteke Wasteful Player of the Week Award because he had a chance one-on-one against the goalkeeper. Nothing was in between him and the goal except the keeper himself. One of those moments where you just put it somewhere where the keeper is not. Yeah. He sat the keeper down. He sat him down. Fabianski was down. And he still couldn't score. He put it wide with a <laughs> with basically all of the net on the other side of Fabianski. He put it he put it near post outside the outside the net. And everything that Brian just said is the reason why. James MacArthur of Crystal Palace is this week's Christian Benteke Wasteful Player of the Week Award. Dave, I feel like in your mind, for your fantasy points, you're giving it to Sergio Aguero for not scoring his, uh, what would have been, the he would have gotten a hat trick 
naturally with now, uh, with we that. We tend show. to give the award in a tiebreaker scenario yes. to goals that affect results. That's correct. But if you have the ability to put Pep's forehead on the pitch, yeah. which is what that miss of Sergio Aguero's yeah. is that you're describing. I don't yeah. know. Raheem Sterling's had some bad misses. <laughs> it's true. This right up there. I feel like this might be the worst of Sergio Aguero's career. It was beyond. Yeah. It was harder to miss. And that's what... That's what gets you this award, when it's harder to miss yeah. than actually make the goal. But we're still giving it to James MacArthur because Crystal Palace drew with West Ham, and in the end, MacArthur's miss, if if it goes in, results in a Palace win. Hey, I was watching that game with a, another player in our mini-league, and we we were watching the Liverpool-Bournemouth match, but that game was kind of done and dusted. And so the, the drama was many people in our league have Fabianski as a, as a goalkeeper. And so he had a clean sheet riding. So we watched the rest of the game to see what was going to develop there. And, of course, Fabianski ends up losing uh, losing it to Zaha along with his goal. And so, who who man, is Zaha coming back on the radar? Um, well, I was going to say two things. One, I mean, Zaha looked great, uh, and he has, and he does look great whenever he plays, plays well. He got a little lucky on his goal, I think. It was a weird deflection that kind of popped up at a, an angle that Fabianski was not expecting for his goal. However, I don't hate the move, Dave, to answer your question. I I considered it because he's in that range, but and and also, not many people have him. He's owned by 10.6%. is way higher than I would have guessed. Anyhow... Yeah, I don't mind the move. Their schedule is okay. I was going to say, Guaida, what are you doing? Coming out and and punching about four and a half seconds too late and just clearing out Mikel Antonio to get the to give uh, West Ham their penalty goal. So, with that said, I mean Guaida three Gua- six and three in his last three matches. Guaida still Guaida is the the cheap. Well, goalkeeper alternative that if it's me and I'm choosing one, it's Guaida. A ton of people are moving to Arthur Boric because he's 3-9 and he keeps starting. I That's underst- not changing, by the way. Doesn't seem like it. No. no, it does not seem like it. Bournemouth schedule for the next, you know, the next three weeks is not, is, In fact, remains bad. I've been looking bad. to get off of David Button here for yeah. a little bit. Arth- That's my guy now. Thank you, Brian. You were on yeah. Button? Well, I bought him when Matt Ryan was at the Asian yeah. Spectacular. 2019, as my backup. I never once put yeah. him in my lineup. He was my backup to make my my wild card work, and I need someone to come off of button to go on to as a new yeah. goalkeeper. That's literally the only thing that's keeping me from playing my bench boost at this point. So if Boric is starting and the and the matchup works, bench boost here I come. Uh, yeah, Arter Boric is still 3.9, and he's been transferred in a ton. So I'm I'm a little surprised that his price has not gone up. It's either gone up tonight or it's going up technically it, tomorrow. It, he's been transferred in. Oh, geez. He's, well, he's been, that's not a ton. I guess for a guy that's only owned, look, for a guy that's only, the guy that's owned 7. 7.6%, he's, got, he's been transferred in almost 20,000 times. Sure. So I imagine it's probably, uh, probably going to go up soon. All right, let's continue on with Brighton and Burnley. Typically not a match that I would want to discuss, but a lot came out of this. And Dave, last week I tried to bring up Burnley, and you were like, why are we talking about Burnley? They're 17th in the table. Something about the fact that they're now 15th in the table following this match makes you want to talk about them and Tom Heaton. Tom Tom Heaton personally (laughs) me out of fantasy points this week. Pascal Gross. What does that even mean? 
Pascal Gross yeah. was another addition to my team this week. Not uh, a terrible idea. We talked about him. Stutter a, Dud. And a popular choice broadly as a, as a bit of a differential, but somebody who, because of Brighton's uh, upcoming schedule yeah. and because of a lot of other factors, he's been, like we said, stud. he's been playing himself into, he's in form. Before, he had 10, 5, and 6 before it, this match. That's exactly what I wanted to say. You took the words out of my mouth. And, and then a what? And, and then a two. And then a two. Thanks to Tom freaking Heaton. On how many minutes? On 65 minutes. Yeah, yeah, that was the worst part of it probably is that he subbed off way early. He had played the 90 before that, 76 and 81 before that. So, I mean, he's he's been up and down, up and down. But he's been, look, you're going to get at least 65 minutes out of Pascal Gross. My problem was this. Tom Heaton looked like the Heaton of old. Oh, yeah. Tom I mean, he Heaton. Has. He has been the Heaton. Tom of old. Heaton was making. He made two saves. One of them on Sully March, that might be one of the best reaction saves I I promise you I've ever seen in my life. Wow. Sully March hits a laser, but a really close range laser. Yeah. And somehow Heaton throws up his left hand and just somehow de- deflects it over the net. If only Heaton had been healthy earlier in the year, so they wouldn't have had to play Joe Hart. Listen, no. Heaton was unreal. He one had the- another. He had another save. On gross, and and this is why I want to I want to I want to shake him. I want to say thanks for nothing, Heaton. <laughs> gross, gross. At least had two saves on him personally. One of them was a fantastic shot where Heaton's diving, making he thinks he's Llama David De Gea, and then the other one <laughs> was was Heaton's gloves as as the ball is just drifting over him. He jumps up. And his finger doesn't even touch it. It's the little bit of excess on the glove yeah. that, that comes to the top where it's sewn together. That did enough to move the ball? Nicks the ball just enough wow. so that it doesn't go in the goal. Crazy. I, again, was wanting to, to scream. Because was, that, was that the point when you were uh, starting to chat us on our Slack workspace about how Heaton was ruining your uh, fantasy. Probably, yeah, because yeah. he was. It was starting to become obvious in the first fifteen minutes. He had like three or four saves that were ridiculous. Yeah, he's he's single handedly keeping Nick Pope out of the Burnley lineup. I, I can't wait for Nick Pope to be Liverpool's backup goalkeeper replacing Manuel. Listen, season. here's the other thing, and, and you you brought this up. Burnley, I saw this. I did not come up with this stat, but Burnley uh-huh. in the last seven matches is unbeaten. It's the first time in their club history, I think, that sure. they've done this. And so, what's the common thread there, Scott? Tom Heaton. Yep. Tom Heaton has started every single one of those matches. He has reinvigorated that back Well, and one of the things Burnley's doing differently now, and it's especially since Tom Heaton started, there were so many matches where Burnley was basically just getting obliterated in terms of just being outshot, just peppered by whatever club it was, and it didn't matter if they were good or bad or whatever. It was just they were giving up shots all over the place. For whatever reason, they've tightened up a lot. Like Burnley, you know, for the the first match, Tom Heaton was back. They outshot West Ham seventeen to eleven. I would never have expected that kind of a a performance from them at that point. Given the way at that point West Ham was kind of flying high, they they had come into some pretty good form. And Burnley, you know, Burnley ends up not only you know not only holding them to a two nil win, but only lets them only allows eleven total shots from an informed West Ham team. Brian, but, you are absolutely right. But a back four is incredibly sensitive to the goalkeeper that's behind it. Yeah, and I, I think like, that it's a tribute to 
Tom Heaton more than anything else. Yeah, I mean, I would think it's it's confidence. Yeah, like I said, I mean, it's it's you know, it goes West Ham, then then Huddersfield, who I'm pretty sure outshot them in the reverse fixture. Uh, Burnley held them just to nine shots. Like it was the same, you know, Fulham. They, you know, it's twelve shots to eleven. Like these, these just barely over ten. You know, they held Watford to nine in the match after that. The only time, like when they they got a two, you know, the two two draw against United, that is like hero Heaton playing. <laughs> you know, because they they were outshot in that match twenty eight to six, and that is the only blemish on. United's record since Solchar took over, I believe, is that draw. Yeah, and it was a yeah, and it was a it was a draw that United had to come from behind to get. Yeah, the only thing that the look Burnley probably got a little lucky against Brighton. They uh, should have been called for at least one penalty. Absolutely, the handball. You're talking yeah. about the handball penalty for the first right before they got their penalty. Right. Yes. And yes. Yeah, so right before. Yeah. And so it's the. The, that double whammy that no one. But that's liked. not even the extent of their luck. Brighton yeah. couldn't have been more dominant and more deserving in a win, and they got beat three one. Yeah, but that's what I mean. Like in a match like that, where you see in the end, it's Brighton out out shooting them sixteen to nine. Yet Burnley is you know conceding an actual goal, the one actual goal that goes in. You know, is conceded after it's after it's too late. Like at that point, it's there's there's no return. You know, they can't do anything about it. So. Uh, all of that to say, Burnley has, for whatever reason, they've tightened up defensively. If it is really Not for just whatever reason, if Tom it is Heaton just Tom is the Heaton reason. is making Ben Mee and James Tarkowski a, a new or, or a, a return to their formidable wall uh, form that they had a lot of last season, then then yeah, great. And it, it helps take away a lot of the some of the the pain of their annoying. Uh, the way their schedule is laid out so annoyingly the rest of this uh, the rest of the season. Also, in my face, <laughs> Ashley Barnes yeah, I know. scored the goal, assisted, gave the assisted, camera the double bird, assisted, and said "F you, yeah. D Smith." Assisted Chris Woods' goal, <laughs> the opening goal for him too. I know he was good. And Look, let me let me hey, use that. Hey, as stop! Hey. Hold on, hold on. Scott, I'm not done, and I hate right, this, but I'm not ahead. done. Hey, Chris Danny. Wood, oh. last three games, nine, two, and thirteen. Yeah. Ashley Barnes. I mentioned Ashley, him last week. Ashley Barnes last three games, six, five, and eleven. Yep. Yeah. I hey. think this is ludicrous, but hey. the fact that Burnley. <laughs> Has not. I'm not going to say. Pause, Brian. I'm not going to say. Dave, hey last week I asked if he was a stud or dud. Are you? You said dud. Are you saying I'm, stud now? I'm not. Look, I would love to say <laughs> one of our favorite lines to say is I'm Duts. not wrong. I'm just not right yet. <laughs> That's my line, not your line. I said one of our. I just tried to rope <laughs> me into that beautiful line. I just think it's ridiculous that last week I tried to talk about Burnley. I was perfectly prescient for this week coming up against Brighton. And now you want to act like, oh, I found Burnley. I found Burnley players to no, talk about. I'm bringing it up because it's in my face. Because All right, thank regardless you. of everything that has gone on, I mocked Ashley Barnes last week, his fiery, uh, you know, Millwallish attitude. For sure. He should not have... If, like, he shouldn't escaped. have been playing this match. He should not have escaped penalty for his reaction last week. No doubt about it. 
Anyways, hey, Brian, Danny, hey, Danny Ings owners, 5.5 to 5.6. Surely you can scrape up 0.1 pounds to go from Danny Ings to Ashley Barnes. Burnley are on the fix. ascent. There's no doubt about hey, that. Hey, their, their fixtures in the next four aren't great, though. They're Agreed. home. They're home to Spurs. Then they're at Newcastle. That's never a, of joy. <laughs> then they're home to Palace, and then they're at Liverpool. So that's not the easiest, but not the worst. No, well, but actually, you're and likely good. though it's you're not. Good. You're likely though you're doing. <laughs> you're probably doing what most Danny Ings owners are. If you're a Danny Ings owner, and that is not playing Danny Ings. So Ashley Barnes can just replace that spot on the bench that you're not using anyway. Are you if still anyone Danny is, Ings owner, Brian? I am. If anyone you are well, he's he's not higher priority on my I needed to replace him list. He was on mine, so I sent him out. Rondon came in. Good move, Scott. Bad move, Brian. I had zero. <laughs> I had zero point zero after my wild card, and I've sa- I saved my transfers. This is the probably one of the, maybe the second time all season I have two transfers. That's fun. Knowing that I had what are you Hazard, doing with them? Well, I had had I knew I had Hazard and Sterling not playing this week. I have Danny Ings injured. I now have Jose Holobos suspended, and I am also a Julian Speroni owner. So I have five <laughs> holes. So the fact that you're now in, only in a, seven points away from first place in our mini league really is irrelevant given what you've got. You're going to have to take well, a minus well, 12. Well, no, I, no, I need, no, I need it. I will be taking it. No, I, you know, honestly, I... If I use just the two transfers, I I just need if I can field a team yeah. next week, I can do sure. that with two transfers. We'll get However, to that. we'll get to that at the end of our pod as well cuz game yep. week 27 has its challenges. I want to give a fantasy half point to a Brighton defender who I feel like deserves it. Now, every once in a while I give a fantasy half point as a segment to somebody who, you know, has a feel good story for the week or who needs a pick-me-up because yeah. of something that happened. And that the latter is the reason for this week's fantasy half point. I'm going to go ahead and give it to Lewis Dunk. Now, Lewis Dunk had one fantasy point coming out of this match against Burnley. I'm going to give him my honorary, meaningless fantasy half point for his slip, which led to Chris Wood's first goal. Wow, did he feel... Yeah. Now, if anyone can relate to Lewis Dunk... After this match, it's a Liverpool fan, right? Yeah. Right? Steven so Gerrard's true. slip is infamous now in Liverpool lore. The Gerrardian slip. So as a Liverpool fan, Lewis Dunk, I felt your pain. When you physically went down to the pitch, I felt like I knew how it felt because I had slumped in my living room when Gerrard fell to the pitch as Demba Ba scored against you, Steven Gerrard, to cost Liverpool the title. Other things happened, I know. But anyway, this is PTSD speaking. I see that. The fantasy half point goes to Lewis Dunk. Your slip contributed to that first goal that Chris Wood scored. And and I'm sorry. So 1.5 points to you, Lewis Dunk, on behalf of the Fantasy Soccer FC podcast. Brian, you looked like you had something to say. To say, following that, I love awkwardness. No, just that. No, just that. And just for as a reminder, since we can just keep saying it, Brighton's schedule is really nice. And yeah, but it's still Brighton playing know, the schedule. I know. Pascal Gross, baby. Man, I'm just. Are you Pascal sticking with him, Gross. Babe? 
We're going to go on now to the City-Chelsea match. But before we do, I would like to give a moment for this week's sponsor. Hi, I'm Lewis Dunk, defender for Brighton and Hove Albion. After seeing fans at our game this past Saturday wearing Ku Klux Klan-style ponchos to protect themselves from the rain, I reached out to my friends at Love, Layers, and Basics and asked to personally sponsor their line of knitted ponchos called A Postcard from Brighton Angel. A Postcard from Brighton Angel ponchos are so cozy and so perfect for these colder days. The slouch-style knit is a relaxed fit, which makes the knitted poncho a luxurious layering piece. Plus, the weight of the fabric allows it to hang beautifully on your frame. Mm. Multiple styles and colors are available. To see which one is going to be your favorite, visit Love, Layers, and Basic. <laughs> your face. <laughs> what? What? This is... I, I, this is the craziest sponsor we've ever had. I have no idea. <laughs> I, I'm thinking about wearing a knitted poncho. Yeah, to um, anyone that needs to get something that makes them look like they're not in some sort of because uh, <laughs> the first thing bad Brian, organization. I think of, Lewis Dunk. We were just talking about that guy. Yeah, it was awesome. I'm glad Lewis sponsored uh, to see which one is going to be your favorite. Visit lovelayersandbasics.co.uk. Cool. Love Layers and Basics, please frequent that site and mention the Fantasy Soccer FC podcast as a as thank them for our their sponsorship. That's right. That's right. All right, let's move on to the City-Chelsea match. Guys. Finally. City 6, Chelsea nil. Yep. Aguero with a hat trick. Sterling with a brace. This was unexpected and an assist too don't forget sterling's fpl assist for the uh aguero for the aguero penalty goal brian this was embarrassing uh first of all on the city side aguero's the man sterling's the man sané's benched again probably the most nightmarish three-week stretch for a player who was prior to the last three weeks was about as important and as desirable a player to own as there was in the game. Brian, I have a question for you. Scott. As someone who owned Leroy Sané for the first four game weeks and then transferred him out just before he got good yeah. for the first time this season, can you only own Leroy Sané if you are able to sit in and observe City practice sessions? <laughs> yeah, I think that's about it. Mendy's not even back yet. And everyone's fear is... Mendy coming back could impact him even more. I would just say, I, selling him is he going to come back in two weeks? Whenever you know after the after their blank week, and he's going to come back. They play West Ham, so that, like that, you hardly could ask for a better matchup coming off of that, you know, off of that blank week. Is Sonny going to be in there? Who knows? Who knows? You know who's probably going to be in there? They play Hammers at home. You know, who who do you think is going to be in that match? The, probably the dudes who are who need to be in there. Um, they, they, Ryan, you said this earlier. They have to win. They yeah. have to win. This this game shows that they City 
if they can could have scored ten today on Chelsea, they would have. This season yeah. very easily could come down to the fact of who has the greater goal differential between City and Liverpool. So that's it's going to and be maybe City. Spurs. Well, who knows? It's going to be City. The question is, did Mauricio Sarri not shake Pep's hand because City scored six on Chelsea today? Maybe he says, and Pep said, because they were both asked specifically about it. Pep said, absolutely not a problem. He said, we have a great relationship. Mauricio Sarri said, said what? That they know each other, that they, they've, they both said that. Cause, cause, and, and Mauricio Sarri said, I, was, I wasn't looking at him. I wasn't looking for him. I didn't see him. I wanted to get out of there. So, so I they do get that and they that and they both to get out they both there. say that they ha- they they both had said sorry said like I will go find him after the match as usual and talk to him. Pep said he talked to Gianfranco Zola and and that it was just a that it was just a it was Convenient. just a miss. Convenient. Hold on, hold on, hold on. Right. It's not just a miss when that's what every manager does at the, the end of first every match. Of every right. match, yes. you shake hands. So it's not just a miss. I sorry well, did that so, with. Mental intention. So, post match for Chelsea was bad. Not that I mean, not that would leap off of Manchester City side of it here quickly, but just for just for clarity's sake, at the end, this was bad for everybody. Antonio Rudiger went to the away end to go basically meet fans to go over and and applaud and do what players do. Fan favorite Antonio Rudiger, and he was somebody gave him grief from the stands that enough that he conf- he asked he asked the staff at the at the on, like the on the pitch if he could go into the stands to talk to the guy wow and basically said if you have something to say to me come down here and say it needless to say the man apparently did not yeah uh, go well, down so, and do it and then and then he and Eden Hazard gave away their shirts it was more more of like an apology you know, kind of like an apology tour at the end of the match, just to go over and say, you know, say that to everybody. It's the least they could have done after losing um, six goals. The I, so, sorry, said Sterling's goal was such a. It was just they gave up a, a bad goal so quickly. It's such a gut punch. They never recovered from it. Aguero's goal knocked probably whatever wind that they had left. It was out. filthy, and then. But I think afterwards, what I was going to say is the underlying stuff with Chelsea is so not great, obviously, right now. Uh, Arlo White, we heard it here in in the NBC broadcast, Arlo White saying that the reports are that Eden Hazard told a French radio station that he has made a decision about his future, but he hasn't told anybody else about it yet. So he's... What did that radio station report? They didn't report anything. They just reported that Eden Hazard told them that he has made, made a, a decision. decision about his future. And so, like, Gr- Graham Lasseau and Lee Dixon said, do we know anyone who listens to that radio station? <laughs> um, he made dis- a little bit of a disparaging comment about Roman Abramovich afterwards. Who did? As Mauricio Sarri, as reported by Football.London. That's London. your boss. Uh, if you're sorry, Sarri your said boss. when he was asked about his future... He referred to apparent, like as the football dot London said, an apparent lack of direction from his employers. Quoting him, saying, "If the president calls, I'll be happy. Seeing as I never hear from him, to be honest, I don't know what to expect." 
if Which this, says that this all is the a perfect, things I said in my it's monologue. It's a perfect primer, I was going to say. You're, yeah. the Scott's shot is a perfect primer to the Chelsea side of this match today. I mean, Roman Abramovich is the worst boss to work for. If I'm an up-and-coming manager, I do not want the Chelsea job. If I've got a Chelsea job and something else that's available to me, I'm taking something else, period. There's no way I'm going to Chelsea. You cannot win at that place. It's certainly not more for, for more than a year. I mean, that's not a... I mean, even Conte showed that you can win a title one year and get fired the next year. That's just how it works. There's no way that anyone can succeed for any period of time at Chelsea Football Club right now. But Mauricio Sarri is also the worst option for Chelsea Football Club because he is not a player manager. There's no way that someone like him can come in and bring the most out of these players like Eden Hazard. Well, I'm guessing Eden Hazard probably wants to go to Real Madrid. Well, it's weird because a week ago, a week and a half ago, Eden Hazard's singing his praises, saying that we have basically the same ideas about how football should be. And it's like, how does it go? And I, that's where I, I think the NBC commentary, I feel like was, I feel like the, the guys made a good point today, just saying like, this is a championship team. Most of these guys won a cha- won the title not too long ago. Like how do years. they how do they shut off like this? Well, and again, so was it bad Chelsea today or really good City? I think this was probably an okay. It was city. Well, really city good City. But, but no, no, really Chelsea, good Chelsea, city. Chelsea started started fine. Yes, I don't think this was great City today. This was this was pretty good city. They never had to had to take it out of second gear. Chelsea was that poor. Huh. Chelsea was that poor. City never had to take it out and really, really, really get after it, and they still were able to score six goals. Look, this is can be on sorry, but on some level too, the the players are the ones that go out there and play. And let me tell you what: who didn't go out there and play today, Scott, was the players. But you can't replace an entire squad of players. Yes, you can. Not as fast as you can replace a manager. This shows. Look, these players. These players. Mourinho was sacked. Conte was sacked. Sorry's going to be sacked. Sorry might resign. If I'm sorry, I just walk off and say I can't do anything with these jerk bags. It's true. You go back to England. I'm out of here. Sorry, go back to Italy. I'm out of here. I'll actually go find a group of players that want to actually play. There's a mid-table Italy club that will take Mauricio Sarri in a heartbeat. No question about it. But the question is about Mauricio Sarri is what is Hazard's answer? Yeah, I know. Whatever that is, if he's someone, if Sarri is someone that is communicating to his players. Now, we know that he's had at least two long tirades to his dressing room. If he's lost his players, he's got to go. But if he's got his superstar in his back pocket, Eden Hazard, yep. then maybe he stays. Yeah, and That's really what this comes down to. And we don't know that. We can't, we can't know that until it plays out in front of us. Scott, you, in your Scott shot, the, the most important thing you mentioned is this, and, and I want to attribute... I got. I've been thinking a lot about this. What's been the difference in Chelsea Football Club over the last five years, especially the last three? They have lost leadership. Absolutely. They have lost John Terry. They have lost Frank Frank Lampard, both to retirement for the most part, along with other guys who were completely vital. Their spine. You you could their spine. You the could, spine of the of the of the pitch. Yes. Right down the middle of the pitch. Absolutely and, right. And what has happened is you cannot just replace leadership. David Luiz is not John Terry. Eden Hazard, he's a great player. 
He's not a leader. No, he's not. David Luiz is a good player. He's not a leader. They don't have a leader on that team. Sure. And when you don't have that on the pitch, give it enough time. When you are put under pressure, you will fail. Well, Dave. And, and what's happened is they have failed when they've been put under pressure. The, the men in Blazers, men in Blazers said it earlier today. How in the world is Eden Hazard going to be able to handle the pressure of Real Madrid where he'll be expected to play no 100%? Every single match without fail. They just said he that's not his style. Look at Gareth Bale. Gareth Bale, when he went to Madrid, he has never been the player, in my opinion, that he was at Tottenham. Sure, he's had some great games. Gareth Bale, you ask any Madrid fan, and they would say he's underperformed. It's the siren song of the most, like the biggest club you can possibly go to. When in reality, so many Premier League players could just be better by staying with where they best fit. Hey, don't Gareth Bale don't, fit at you're Tottenham just, you're, Hotspur. You're only talking to Philippe Coutinho right now, so stop. <laughs> oh, I see what you did I'm there. not. I'm talking to Wilfried Zaha at Crystal Palace. I'm talking to Eden Hazard at Chelsea. I mean, Coutinho was better at Liverpool than he is at at, at in in uh, at Barcelona, Barcelona in Spain. I mean, this this is a reality. Players are lured to what they think is a bigger club. Maybe it's closer to home, closer to what they know from what they grew up with. But the reality is players fit with certain managers at certain clubs, and they need to stay there, and they need to realize that they need to stay there, or else they're just going to fail at these bigger clubs. Let's bridge this. By the way, Riyad Mahrez is another example of this. Stay at Leicester. You're nothing at Manchester City. He's a nice substitute. Let's bridge this. So Eden Hazard still owned a ton. You and I have him. You have him? No. I don't have him, but I did. Oh, yeah, you sold him. But I, I would I, I sold him thinking I, I didn't like the City matchup, and then he's got a blank, and I didn't like the Spurs so, matchup. So two, entering this week, Fantasy Premier League themselves, Fantasy Premier League scout had an article about Eden Hazard talking about its short-term pain for long-term gain. Yes. Trying to plug him. Is that still true? Would you still feel that way, given this result, given the way that this, this has seemingly turned in a really dramatic way in one match. If you went into this match holding a Chelsea player, you hold this Chelsea player coming out of this match. You don't expect anything against City. Absolutely. No, you're wrong, Scott, because he's got a blank, and then they're playing Spurs. I'm not expecting anything from any of those matches. But but my caveat to that statement was, if you owned them going into the city match. If you held them going into the city match, you know that you are expecting something coming out of these difficult fixtures coming forward. Like if you didn't expect anything, you sell them before the city match. I just have a feeling that yeah, I, my feeling like I my my like I said, I knew I was going to have multiple positions to take care of with with multiple blanks and an injury at least. Spurs, I agree. And I, I was all you could hope, and I know I was hoping for it, was a penalty. That's all I was that's what I was hoping for for, In the for, Chelsea, for Chelsea is that they would get a penalty so at least Hazard have, would have a shot <laughs> at a penalty goal. I'm not expecting a ton. Ederson's not your goalkeeper, I see. No, he is not. Um but I'm also I wouldn't expect a ton either from when they play Spurs, but they do get to play Spurs at home. After they griped a ton about the way they played and that and the result of the reverse fixture, they felt a little bit hard done by. They felt like they were better than the result showed against Spurs in the in the reverse. I was going to say you have to believe if you 
again, if you owned your your Chelsea players coming into the City match, you have to feel better about their chances going into the Spurs match than you did going into the City match. No. You no? sell them. You sell them. Here's Well, here's if, you, the same. if you were going to sell them, you're going to do it before this yeah, match. Yeah, I, I, I should have sold Hazard prior to and just taken the taken the uh, the alter you know whatever the player was, you know my my consideration of course like the obvious one is Son, but it was also you know Wolves midfielder was my other option. Either way, I would feel way better about either of those moves I think right now than I do about Eden Hazard. And we are way overdue in, in explicitly stating that Chelsea are not playing in game week twenty seven, just like Manchester City is not playing in game week twenty seven. Because of the cup matches, right? Well, I was going to say, for all their drama, they better buck up quick because they have a because they have a a trophy is on the line here in two weeks yeah. against the same city team that just pounded the crap out of them. There's no way City's not winning that trophy. Well, you know, probably. Weird, weirder things have happened. It's You're, not like Chelsea doesn't have the talent, and that's what pisses everyone off. Chelsea is not what, a six nil. What, what I'm saying is for as, and the the bridge here is as a as an Eden Hazard owner looking ahead to three match weeks is at Fulham, and then a pretty good schedule the rest of the season. Agree. again uh, for Chelsea. So they still have a double week uh, coming up. They still have a, a match against a home match against Brighton. Right to add to one of these other decent decent weeks somewhere along the way. So. Yeah, it's going to be. Uh, that's the reason why I wasn't really too keen to just say, you know what, I got to get him out of here, and I'm going to sell him for Joel Matinho, who's five point three. Again, it's not the it's not the selling; it's the getting back. Well, you know, but so I, you know what I, I mean? sold him. I sold him at a ten point nine, or, or, or now d- he's dropped to a ten point eight. I can buy him back cheaper. Right. I'm saying what I'm saying is like I have Matinho in my lineup right now, so be careful. Well, no, I'm just saying, like anyone else, like you could go to, uh, you know, Joda. You could go to even if it was to Felipe Anderson. Go ahead, is, name another Wolves player. Well, I was, but, the, but all of the hot, like all of the hot commodities coming into this week, it was right. Matinho's price went up, Son's price went up, uh, Felipe Anderson has gone up, you know, in the last in the Which last is interesting that Felipe 24 Anderson's hours. Went up. Well, they're playing. It's again, they're playing. West Ham gets to play Fulham. West yeah. Ham is playing Fulham next match week, or the next in you know on February twentieth or whatever it is. Let's give out a couple of awards, a couple of standing segments that we like to do that we haven't done lately. And now it's time for Scott's stat of the day. The uh, Scott stat of the day. Yeah. Scott's stat of the day is the number eleven. 11. Number eleven, and it comes from the City Chelsea match. The number of shots that Raheem Sterling had on goal just himself. <laughs> Valid, but no. I wish. Uh, the number 11 That's was... That's the Brian Cookie background sound. The number... <laughs> trying to get a chocolate chip one in here. Yeah. The number 11 is... Um, well, I mean, it's too obvious to make a cigarette joke, so I don't want to do that. Um, but Valid. Yeah. Let's just say number 11 is the number of goals Manchester City should have scored today. Ooh. That's valid. Wow. It's actually the number of hat-tricks Aguero has scored in the Premier League. Wow. Which is tied. a lot of hat-tricks. That's tied for the most, actually, Brian. That's a lot of hat-tricks. I believe it's Alan Shearer. Yep, that's exactly right. That was good. Yeah, he was pretty good. He was pretty good. Sergio Aguero is pretty good, too. He is pretty good. He scored some fantasy points this week. 
So we'll give Scott Saturday to Sergio Aguero for his hat trick total. I also want to give out the Brad Guzan Award for Courage, which we like to give out to goalkeepers who face an onslaught. A barrage. A barrage. They face a lot. Again, this dates back to when Brad Guzan played for Aston Villa. They actually faced a barrage from Chelsea. Correct. Ironically, it's the Chelsea goalkeeper who's receiving the award this week. Keppa. 15 shots. Nine on goal. Six of them went into the net. Yeah. That qualifies you, Keppa, for the Brad Guzan Award for Courage. That kid was under fire, man. Listen, uh, an honorable mention, Brad Guzan, uh, Hugo Lloris, who was a super Superman today. What a perfect transition against Leicester into the game week 26 dream team prior to the Monday match. Hugo Lloris, 12 points in goal. He makes the dream team for fantasy week 26. That guy was solid. Dave, I'm doing this anyway. I see that. <laughs> Three other goal uh, defenders made the dream team. Phil Jones for Manchester United with 11 points. We, Highest scoring defender. Not a huge surprise. The human what? face plant comes up well, big. Come on, United is playing Fulham. What? Well, valid, but Phil Jones? Well, we thought that might be Lindelof, but suddenly Lindelof wasn't around. Well, uh, hello, PSG. Lindelof's coming at you. Dale Stevens scored 10 points for Southampton. Who? <laughs> Jack. All right, fine. It was Jack Stevens. Jack Stevens. Dale Stevens plays for like Brighton or something. You know yeah. what? It's fine. I'm I'm like a quadruple of bourbon in this <laughs> podcast at this point. Danny Robertson also made the dream team. Jack Stevens. Uh, Jack Stevens. Two year ago, defensive second half of the season hero with Maya Yoshida. Uh, welcome back, Jack Stevens, yeah. to any kind of uh, mention on this podcast of fantasy relevance. Fly through this dream team that makes no sense. I will. Nonsense. We've already discussed most of them. It's a top six. All right. Dream team. All right, midfielders. Raheem Sterling, yes, eighteen, dude, yep, for dude, Raheem Sterling. It, uh, if there's there's two guys, three guys, four guys who don't uh, who aren't subject to pepology, and that is Laporte, uh, Fernandinho, and then Sterling. Sterling occasionally, but he's he's the safest of the midfield options. Paul Pogba, sixteen points, stud, absolutely. Christian Eriksen, Christian Eriksen, welcome back, Christian. Thirteen, Erickson. almost, almost. Did the Hazard to Erickson move, and I wish I would have. I just want to point out here for a second, not son, Christian Erickson. Christian Erickson's a star. Hey, you know who we didn't mention, and he scored again. You can't stop the sun from rising. It rises every day, Scott. Look, no, What's more true. regular, Scott? What's more regular at this point? The actual S-U-N or... Hyun Ming Sun. Yeah, I mean, at this point, he bailed you out at the end of the at the end of the match with a goal. But what's still, more regular, Brian? Well, I mean, there are some other things, I'm sure. Okay, but here's the thing, Dave. I need you to be consistent for a second. Sure. Because Mauricio Pochettino provides the manager quote of the week for this week's podcast. Mauricio Pochettino said, "Following this match, and I quote: I am more relaxed now because we won the game." but so disappointed with the situation because everyone wants to talk about different clubs or players, but do you think we are a team that is trying to cheat the referee? Come on. We are the most innocent people on the pitch. 
Unbelievable, unbelievable, unbelievable. I am a person that always accepts the mistake, but I think it was so strange, the situation today. Now, that is Mauricio Pochettino's manager quote of the week for this podcast. Because of the yellow card that Sun received for diving. Which was... I agree. I agree. Sun should have been awarded a penalty after being tripped by Harry Maguire, not being given a yellow card. But at the same time, Sun went down when he didn't have to. And if you want to blame Mo Salah for going down when he doesn't have to after receiving contact, then I feel like you got to do something about Sun going down after this Harry Maguire trip. Wrong. He was kicked twice. There was double leg contact below the waist in the front where Harry Maguire was trying to poke the ball and missed. Okay, so no, Sun went down in the box, was kicked. You don't think and, he dragged the leg a little and bit? And who's who's oh uh, Oliver Michael Oliver effed it up. This is it. the Dave Smith Sun defense Hugman Sun fantasy owner. Yeah, <laughs> I feel like this is one of those situations where Sun took contact and went down, just like Salah frequently takes contact and goes down. No. You call Salah. Flops a lot, sir. Flops a lot, yeah. but son, you're well, going to defend. Well, son was actually kicked in the leg. So was so- Salah. When he been- goes down, he gets kicked in the no, leg and goes always. down. I've- when he gets called for the penalty, he I've does. seen Salah go down with a finger touch to the shoulder. Oh come on, and his man. legs collapse. I feel like you're giving son the benefit of the doubt. Stop. That happened in the Newcastle game. Don't poo poo that. I can't it believe. I can't believe we're back on this. All right. What's the rest of the dream team? To round out the midfield, you've got. Anthony Martial, 12 points for Manchester United. Man, he's good. I'm telling you. I mean, he's good, but at the same time, why would you own him prior to this 12? That's why I'm asking. (laughs) Okay. Jorginho Wijnaldum. If anything, the flu was a big player in this game week 26 to this point. Yeah. But for Wijnaldum, luckily for Liverpool fans, his 11 points, the flu didn't stop him. You have two forwards up front. Sergio Aguero, 17 points. Stud. Chris Wood. And Chris Wood, 13 points. Good work. Interesting. Chris Wood got lucky a little bit for his 13. my gosh. Yeah, absolutely. You want to know what the issue is going into next week? Let's talk about game week 27. So you got four clubs who are not going to play. Yep. Two that already did, right? I mean, City played Everton already in advance of this game week. This was supposed to be the game week 27 matchup. We got it already in the past game week, game week 25. The other two clubs are Chelsea and Brighton. That match has not been rescheduled yet, but they're not going to play in Game Week 27 either because of the Carabao Cup final between uh, Chelsea and City. So what are you going to do with your City and Chelsea players, I guess, well, is the question. Again, because of the follow-up match in week, what would be Week 28, what is Week 28, I should say, I am less apt to want to sell anyone from Manchester City, especially because... It, I have Raheem Sterling now becomes somebody who is a desirable commodity, same as Sergio Aguero, going into the blank week. What if you own which both? Is, which is crazy. What if you own both? Um, if what you do those own, owners if do? you own both and you and you can still field a normal team next week, I yep. think you hold. I agree. Um, I am really confused by the number of people, especially if it's like an Obama Yang owner who's selling to go back to Aguero just to get him. I really don't understand that because I'm not sure how you have the money to do that at almost any other player uh, as a forward. 
Lacazette owners, what are you doing? Like you're what you're gonna sell somebody that you have who is playing just to get Sergio Aguero into your team for next week? Like sixty thousand people are doing that right now. What's funny is I have the exact amount of money in my bank to go from Aubameyang to Aguero right now. Yeah, and, but I'm not doing it. Right, because Aguero doesn't play next right. week. Why, that's that's why I'm really curious as to what the thinking is for people who are buying Aguero going into the into Do the dead week. Do you think they've week. looked at the schedule? That's very possible they haven't. They might just be reacting to he scored Double game he weeks scored happen, goals. Yeah. And they continue to play every game week. The issue is like for next week, I think like for me, I'm going to I, I would rather sell Hazard than Sterling because I can just bench I can throw Sterling into the into the end of the bench. Knowing, like I said, they come back to you know the three weeks after their into the dead week twenty seven for them. West Ham, Bournemouth, Watford, Watford, and they get two of those at home. I mean, this is like, this is like the first. The first issue is the blank. So the return fixture is nice. Two of three at home. West Ham, Cherries, Watford. Last time, the last matches, the last match versus West Ham was four nil. Sterling has a goal and two assists, sixteen fantasy points. Sané has a brace. It was, you know, it was a, it was a, a romp, and they just, and they have this, the same kind of matches against West Ham in like the last four or five. Tons of goals. Then they play Bournemouth. Nobody likes playing Bournemouth more than Raheem Sterling. Eight goals against Bournemouth in the last like four or the last three years. They're averaging over three goals a match against Bournemouth since Bournemouth was back in the Premier League. So you're not selling your Manchester City players. Got it. Then Watford, where Aguero has just been bonkers against them. Interesting. The issue is for them... The fixture pile-up that they have because February 20th, they play Schalke in the cha- in the Champions League. First right. leg of the Schalke. Or There's a League Champions Cup League final in there. League Cup final against Chelsea on the 24th and then West Ham on, the, on Wednesday the 27th. And then right back again to Bournemouth on the 2nd. So the issue is that between... You know, three full days between, champ- between Champions League and League Cup, but it's only two full days between their the League Cup and then the Premier League matches. So that does make me a little bit nervous, but all I hear over and over in my head is the league could go down to goal difference. Pep Guardiola's voice in my mind saying that over and over again. And so I just think they need to win. And the players that they had out there today are the players that give them the best chance to win. Yeah, I mean, that's absolutely true. It's a valid point. I'm just really curious to see what match it is in this next four matches where if and when Benjamin Mendy comes back into the side. But at the same time, I mean, you have some owners who are really needing to labor over their Gaming 27 decisions because the reality is Gaming 27 does not have Everton. It does not have City. Mm -hmm. It does not have Chelsea. I'm assuming most people don't have too many players. And it doesn't have Brighton. Okay, fine. What you do have is United playing Liverpool, yep. which traditionally is not a high-scoring fixture. So you've got a lot of opportunity for low-scoring weeks this upcoming game week in Game Week 27. So what should owners do about that? Again, By the way, Spurs are at Burnley, a revitalized Burnley according to this podcast. Yeah, it's not the it's not the best. Especially no. because especially because the thing that's really annoying about it is you know that Burnley's just gonna do what they did last time against Spurs, which is waste time. Yeah. I I, I predict a lot of time wasting in that so, match. For me next week, as I own two Liverpool players, as I have two United players, as I have 
Hyunming Sun, uh, Aguero will be on the bench. And I've had I'm coming off a couple. You're keeping Aguero. Yeah, I, I I've had a couple good weeks. Okay. I don't expect a great week next week. No. And I'm just gonna have to take that. Fifty might be a really good week. Yeah, I'm just gonna have to take it. And I'm gonna I'm gonna make one move. I'm probably gonna send uh, David Brooks out and bring in a Felipe Anderson who's playing home to Fulham. So how are you gonna make that work with the money? I have a crap ton of money in the bank. How so? Because last week I transferred Hazard out for Pascal Gross. Well done. So all right. So you're gonna spend that money on Felipe Anderson. Yep. Felipe Anderson, who plays for West Ham, hosting Fulham. Yep. Well, not a bad idea. The other issue I think looming here is uh, we we at least have to mention the fact that Harry Kane is ahead of ahead of, of schedule, schedule as always. Uh, Which we we referenced last week. Potch saying he's doing fantastic ahead of his recovery schedule. Quoted exactly, we have to stop him every day because he wants to be ahead of his recovery. He's nearly ready to play, but we need to be realistic. Not for Sunday, which was today for us. Not for Wednesday against Dortmund. But we'll see after. Burnley. It very well could be. You see Harry Kane back the in the at least on the bench for Burnley. Wow, interesting. The issue at that point will be what is this? What has Sergio Aguero since he will not have played? Is this today's performance from Sergio Aguero enough to make the Kane ownership question irrelevant? So far, yes. Especially since at best you would expect Kane's going to play fifteen minutes off the bench. For game week 27. Right. Then in game week 28, City plays again. Yes. And as Dave pointed out, they play at home against West Ham. Yeah. You keep Aguero for that, especially since Spurs will I be playing at Chelsea. Too. Okay, fine. Right. I'll give you credit for that too. <laughs> so for game week 28, Aguero is the more like attractive option at that point, right? Yes, for sure. So I just Game think- week 29, they host Arsenal. I'm not bringing in Harry Kane yet. Yeah. He's not getting more than one goal in that derby. At the most, City go to Bournemouth. I don't care where you play right. Bournemouth. If you're Manchester what, City, Sergio Aguero could score a brace. Yeah. The, the whole issue is City's schedule coming off the dead game week is really nice. And so there is there is a lot of goals in that team. And Can they I go want, one game week And, and they want them. Spurs are on the road at Southampton. City are at home against Watford. I like Aguero over Kane in that matchup. Keep Sergio Aguero at this point. He's in form. By the way, I'm on FPL's website. They're recommending the same thing, so clearly they're listening to us. Sure, of course. And our advice about it. I mean, I feel like next week the most obvious possible is to load up on whatever arsenal people you have. I feel like it's the most uh, of the big of the top six. Dave, it's as the, our resident it's, Arsenal fan. It's the friendliest matchup. It's the most obvious on paper. Arsenal uh, are hosting the, Southampton matchups. Do we bring in our Arsenal players? Arsenal's good at home, man. All right. Yep. All right, very good. Well, that, the, I guess that takes care of that then. Yeah, the only question would be, is Obama Yang still sick? <laughs> the flu sure. typically doesn't last 10 days. <laughs> I'm sure right. he'll be healthy. Scott, I, we, we I, hope you get healthy. Well, I'm working on it. I think that we've given FPL owners everything they need to know. We've given a lot, probably more than we should have. Our fight over Paul Pogba definitely lasted longer than it needed to. But you I'm know sorry for everyone. Well, no, I'm. I feel like it was good. It was good because the reality is that is what Manchester United is all about right now, right? I mean, so it seems. Yeah. In your eyes, 
Oh, wow. You're going to extend this to the no, end? No, I All just right. wanted that last little shot. Hey, Scott, everyone can find us at the at the Fantasy Soccer FC anywhere on social media, correct? We are all that there is under Fantasy Soccer FC. I love it. We are second. If you search Fantasy Soccer, we're right there in your no Apple Podcast feed. No one else would, would choose, to f- choose to be such a silly name. You know what? Even <laughs> English people are finding us and listening to us. Surprise, surprise. Not really. I mean, we're really good. Can I say that? I guess. I think you we're good. You could say it doesn't mean it's true. Well, it, I mean, <laughs> unprofessional as we are, we're fun to listen to. <laughs> that might be true. Fantasy Soccer FC is the way to find us no matter where you're looking. That's right. Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, our website. Find us there. On that note, for the Fantasy Soccer FC podcast, this is David Smith. Until next time, 